So grandma and grandpa get invited by all of their grandkids to join them for Easter Sunday morning service at the church. Grandma and grandpa are so excited. They get dressed in their finest clothes, and there they are Sunday morning surrounded by all of their grandchildren. Halfway through the service, however, grandma leans over and whispers in grandpa's ear. She says, oh dear, I think I just passed gas. Thank God it was a silent one. What should I do? What should you do? Grandpa replied. Uh, you should get new batteries for your hearing aids. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. What's up, Happy Lifers? Thanks for joining us today. I am so happy you did. And happy day after Easter. Day after Easter. Easter's done. What are you doing talking about Easter? A little late to the table, don't you think? Nope. I actually think we're right on time. I want to talk about Easter today. Actually, Easter and Holy Week. Today, for two reasons. Number one... We're the official podcast of the holidays, so we've got to talk about Easter. It's a major holiday, super important holiday, so we need to talk about it. And it's not my fault that it falls on a Sunday and not on a Monday. In fact, if Jesus just would have waited one day to rise from the dead, if he could have risen from the dead on Monday instead of Sunday, we'd all have an extended weekend on Easter every year. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> And reason number two, well, we'll get into that in a little bit. It's not only the day after Easter, it's the week after Holy Week. Like I said, Easter is a very important holiday for a lot of people. In fact, they have a whole week up to it. It's that important. And I feel kind of bad, honestly, because we spent an entire week celebrating Happy Week, which is a week that we invented Seven days of happy, seven happy hacks to help you with your happy habit. And we culminated that entire week with celebrating globally with people all around the planet, the International Day of Happiness. We put a lot of effort into celebrating Happy Week. And yet we didn't put out anything for Holy Week. Number two, one of our main credos, one of our main sentences, in fact, this sentence helped birth Happy Life Studios. It's right in the middle of the Bible. If you flip the Bible open to the very middle, you'll see the book of Psalms. And if you go over to the 105th chapter and you look at verse number three, at least in the message translation, it says this. It says, you who seek God live a happy life. God wants us to live a happy life. And not only does he want us to be happy, he wants to help us get there. So I'm thinking we didn't put anything out for Holy Week, but we put out a podcast a day for Happy Week. And to be honest, I was going to put one out last week, but I got talked out of it by a happy lifer. 
as I was sharing with that happy life or what I was thinking about doing this podcast on, they mentioned that you should probably post that podcast on Monday instead. And I thought that fits perfectly into reason number two. And when one thinks of Easter, when one thinks of Holy Week, there are several things that pop into our brains that represent this holiday for us. Bunnies and baskets, lilies and lambs, tombs and traditions, candies and crosses. All these things kind of rise up in our minds to represent Easter, to represent Holy Week. But the one I think that probably sticks out the most, honestly, are crosses. And crosses mean a ton of things to a ton of different people. To some, it's merely a design. To others, it's just jewelry. To some, it's tradition. To others, it represents God. And to those who were there at the death of Jesus, when he was hanging on the cross, I imagine it represents something completely different. But bottom line is, a cross is a relic. The description of relic is something old kept for sentimental reasons. It also is an ancient religious object kept for veneration. And veneration means awe-inspiring, giving something honor, respecting something. So a relic is something old kept for sentimental reasons, one, and two, an ancient religious object kept for veneration or to honor something. So even though the cross may be a powerful and even sentimental thing to a lot of people, it's still a relic. A relic is old. It's a thing of the past. Something old kept for sentimental reasons. Holy Week is now a thing of the past. It's over. Easter is now over. It's a thing of the past. But God is not a thing of the past. God is not a relic. But a lot of people, quite honestly, I think view God as a relic. They see God as something outdated, something old, something irrelevant. And maybe they see that because what tradition taught them or even what Hollywood has taught us. I mean, if you think about it, whenever someone decides they want to talk to God in the movies, how many times do they go into a cathedral or a sanctuary or a church? And what do they see there? They see a statue of Jesus on a cross towering over us who looks pathetic, looks weak, looks frail. But to be fair, any person on a cross is going to look weak and frail and pathetic. I mean, that's what the cross does to people. But that might be why some people think that God is weak, that he is irrelevant, that he's a a thing of the past because of how we've been taught even by religion. We walk into churches and what do we see? We see a statue of Jesus on a cross hanging there, looking down on us with these sad, forlorn eyes which leads us perfectly into reason number two. Reason number one why I'm talking about Easter and Holy Week is because it's a holiday and we are the official podcast of the holidays. But reason number two, and the reason why I didn't put out a podcast last week like I was going to, was because if we put a podcast out during Holy Week, we most likely would have forgotten it by now. We would have moved on. Easter is over. Can we move on already? But if we post one the day after Easter, the week after Holy Week, this reminds us to not only keep the party going, but more importantly, to keep the mindset alive, the mindset of Easter, the mindset of Holy Week alive. And what mindset is that? 
that we should celebrate Easter on Sunday as well as on Monday. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, uh. Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Saturday. <laughs> I mean, we should be celebrating Easter all the time. Celebrate the fact that God came to earth, went to the cross, and then got off the cross so that we would live a happy life. You who seek God live a happy life. Celebrate the fact that God wants to separate us from our mistakes and sins and regrets, our pains, our afflictions. And some of you might be asking, what do you mean God wants to separate us from our pains, from our sins, from our mistakes, from our regrets? Just hang with me for a second. What if Holy Week, just like Happy Week, became Holy Month or Holy Year or even Holy life. Now, a lot of people, especially if they're very religious, it might make them feel very uncomfortable because Holy Week, this is my point, Holy Week isn't necessarily some positive, hey, God wants us to be happy kind of a week. There's all sorts of people that, that the word holy means something very negative. It means don't do this. You can't do this. Don't you dare look at this or look this way. It's a bunch of rules and regulations that no person can even really live up to that perfect person that we've never even seen, yet many people hold that out as the example that we're supposed to follow. There's no way we can follow perfection because we're not perfect. Thinking of Holy Week lasting longer than a week doesn't seem fun to a lot of people, and it wouldn't be if holiness is what a lot of people think holiness really is. I was doing a camp, speaking at a camp once, and they rented out this old church camp, and we walked into the main huge sanctuary. Right up there in the front was this big, huge, probably 10-foot wooden plaque with the letters carved into it. It said, holiness unto the Lord. And I was like, what in the world, <laughs> what the puke does that even mean? I mean, we, we talked about it all weekend long. We kind of made fun of it all weekend long. I mean, it's this word, holiness unto the Lord, but what does that even mean? What does holy even mean? A lot of people think it means don't wear this, don't say this, don't act like this, but that's not what holy means. Holy in the Bible literally means set apart, to set apart, set apart for God and set apart from our sins and our pains from the things that afflict us. God wants to separate us from our sins. He wants to separate us from our mistakes, from our pains. He wants to separate us from anxiety, anger, despair, discouragement, depression, <laughs> racism, murder, abuse. <laughs> that's, that's why he went to the cross to separate us unto him and apart from these other things. That's why he came off the cross. But I feel like every Holy Week, every Easter, we're basically saying, okay, God, back on the cross you go. Time to get back up on that cross. <laughs> Which reminds me, and I talked about this, oh, years ago in, a, in this podcast, but I wrote a musical once and our youth group did it back in the day when I was a youth pastor. And in the musical, we had a set where up above where all the action was, there was another set seven feet high or so. What happened down below when the students were in their high school was represented spiritually that happened up above. This one place that we went to go do the musical at, the cross didn't fit up there. We had to lean it to make it fit. <laughs> and we are building up to this moment in this musical. And Johnny, who was playing Jesus at the time, 
We put him up on the cross. We raise the cross up, but it's at an angle, remember? Halfway through that song, through this powerful moment that we've been building the entire musical up for, (laughs) Johnny, Jesus couldn't stay on the cross. Johnny fell off the cross right in the middle of the song. And I don't know what's funnier is that Jesus falling off the cross or Jesus trying to get back up on the cross. Johnny climbed back. You had to have been there. Johnny climbed back on the cross in the middle <laughs> in the middle of the song. We should have just, my wife and I went to a show the other night and they were having technical difficulties. And at one point they stopped the whole thing and a voice came on over the loudspeaker, you know, and said, okay, we're having technical difficulties. Actress on the stage, whatever her name was, you can leave right now. Would you guys give us a few minutes to fix this thing? That's probably what we should have done. But we, the show must go on. We didn't know. I didn't know what to do. So we just kept on going. Jesus climbed back up on the cross and we just kept getting through that musical. (laughs) And I think that's our problem today. Jesus comes off the cross because he wants us to be happy. He's not going to do us any good on the cross. So he died for our sins. He died for our holiness to separate us. He comes off the cross. He rises again from the dead, but we want to put him back on it again. And I think we do that for a couple of reasons. I think it's safe to put him up there on a cross in front of the cathedral or the church. He's like an idol that we can come to once a week. Or when we get into trouble and we can offer our prayers and our sacrifices. He's controllable as long as he stays up there on that cross. I also think that we like to keep him up there on the cross because of the answer to this question might freak some of us out. If God is no longer on the cross, then where is he? Well, he's everywhere all the time. And if your opinion of God is that verse that says, You who seek God live a happy life. If you see that as God, as someone who wants us to be happy, who wants to make us holy so he can separate us for himself and separate us from all of our afflictions, all of our bad habits, all of our sins, all of our ugly, all of our hidden secret things. If we see God like that, then we don't mind the fact that he's around everywhere. But the problem is, which I, I should say, I grew up, there was a thing called the holiness movement. And the holiness movement was basically... You can't wear jeans. Women have to wear dresses. You can't go to movie theaters. You can't go bowling. You can't play cards. I'm serious. That's just not holy. They thought to be holy, they taught everybody that you just got to live a life of so much sacrifice that you can't even enjoy life. But God wants life to be enjoyed. You who seek God live a happy life. And a lot of people see holiness as a bunch of rules, as a bunch of do's and don'ts. That's why they want to keep God on the cross. Because he's everywhere all the time. That's why a lot of us want to put him back up on the cross because we can control him. We'll come to the cross. We'll come to the cathedral. We'll come to the sanctuary. We'll come to the church. And when we need him, then we'll come to him. But we don't like the idea of God being everywhere all the time, always seeing everything that we do, unless we realize that he came off the cross to set us apart, to be holy, to be happy. And a lot of places I've spoken at, they don't have a statue of Jesus on the cross. They just have a cross, which represents that Jesus is no longer on the cross anymore. But I will tell you this too, that the crosses are always nice and pretty and like a piece of artwork. The wood is all smooth and varnished, or it's a nice looking metal with the lights behind it. But the cross was anything but good looking. 
It was an ugly sight, full of a lot of blood, splinters, flesh, things like that. It was a terrible way of torture. And I think in some ways it might be a step in the right direction to say, well, we have a cross up, but at least Jesus isn't on it because he has risen. However, I could also argue that it's also good to see the tortured version of Jesus on the cross too. We need to realize how valuable we are, the kind of price that God paid so that we could be separate from our sin and we could be separated unto him so that we could be holy and happy. Okay, make up your mind, Steve. Well, what are you saying? Do you want God on the cross or do you want him off of it? Yes. <laughs> I want both of those. But that's not even really what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is, where are the images of God in these cathedrals, sanctuaries, churches, other religious places that represent the other side of God? The part where we see why Jesus came off the cross. Where are the images of a God who cares for us? A God who heals us? A God who laughs with us? Images of a God who would sit there and children would run from all over the place to come jump on Jesus' lap and the adults try to push the children away and Jesus would kind of get in the adults' faces and say, this is where these children belong. You leave them alone. Where's that image? The image of a God who's shown up in my life when I was unhappy, when I was miserable, when I needed to be separated from my pain. I remember one time that it was an ugly time for me. So I decided to get real with them. I sat on this bench outside this beautiful lake and it was turning nighttime. And I actually told God, I said, God, I want to know what you think of me. What do you think of me? And I'm not exaggerating. I'm not lying. I'm telling you there was a shooting star and it blew me away. It took my breath away. I asked God, what do you think of me? This is how I feel about me. I always, I told him how I felt about me. This is how I feel about me. What do you think about me? And I saw a shooting star and I went, wow. And I said this, I said, really? And I saw another one immediately. And then no more the rest of the night. <laughs> Where are the images of that? Even how I came up with the word relic for this podcast. <laughs> I wasn't going to use that word, but it came up in my word cookies game while I was thinking about this episode. I saw a video clip the other day where Howard Stern was interviewing legendary comedian Jerry Seinfeld. And Jerry was talking about how he is always working on material. There is never a time when he isn't thinking about adding something to his stand-up comedy routine. And I think that's a great idea because if you think about it, the best comedy is simply real life. Howard Stern thought that was torturous because he said, Jerry, you never have time to take a rest. Your brain is always going. But Jerry just said, that's just the way it is. And that's exactly how I am with this podcast and with you, Happy Lifer. There is rarely a time when I'm not thinking about material to add to what I talk about, whether it's live or recorded. And that's what I was doing when the word relic came up in the first place. I was just chilling, refining in my head what I wanted to talk about today and playing my game word cookies. And the word that came up in my game that I guessed was relic. Then as I was getting ready to close the game out, I felt like there was something to that word. So I clicked on that word to see what the definition was, which I already read to you. Something old, kept for sentimental reasons, and an ancient religious object kept for veneration. Reading that definition was like diving into a cold lake. I mean, <laughs> it just woke me up because it not only fit perfectly with what I wanted to say, but it was actually the whole crux of how I was going to explain what I wanted to say. 
Where is that image of God? I mean, I grew up in church as a pastor's kid. I was born one day and church the next. I later became a pastor. And I have never heard anyone talk about God playing games with us in church. I'd never seen that image around. When it first started happening to me, I felt kind of weird. Like, is this even right? God (laughs) playing the game with me? But I'm telling you what, it happened to me so much, I had no option but to believe that. Day after day, I get words like that. I mean, something powerful or something to help me figure out what I'm dealing with. I get stuff like that all the time in my word cookies game. In fact, that's one of the ways I start off my day just to see if there's any words there that relate to what I'm going through in life. (laughs) That's what God is like. And I have story after story after story of where God has showed up in my life when it was the darkest, when it was the most difficult, and he showed up with light, with love. He showed up and he's made me happy. He separated me from my sadness, separated me from my fear, from my worry, from my anxiety, and he made me happy. That's all I'm suggesting is that we put images that represent that up on our walls. We should have images like that all over our church instead of just a cross. And I have been in some churches where they have a banner on the wall that suggests something like that, that suggests something positive, something good, a good statement or something. The problem is, and a lot of those banners, I've been in some churches where the banners, they they come to a point at the end. And it's funny because the banner will be talking about being full of joy and the banner points down. And when you look, follow that banner down and you see someone sitting in that row and they're just angry. They just got a scowl on their face. It's like this place that my wife and I, We've gotten coffee from them for years. Most baristas, they're full of life. They're full of happy. They love doing what they do. They're very cheerful people. But this one barista at this one coffee shop that my wife and I have gone to forever, I almost felt guilty when I ordered coffee from them because they knew they had to be friendly to me, but they didn't want to be friendly to me. You know what I'm saying? I could tell they weren't happy. I tried for years to make that barista smile. There are a few people that I've never been able to crack, and that barista was one of them. Oh, they would smile, and they would say all the right stuff, but there was just this edge to them. And this kind of proves it. The last time my wife and I ever went to that coffee shop, and it was the last time, we went to go get our coffees, and right there where we ordered the coffees, there was a sign that this barista had printed up that said, be nice or leave. (laughs) And that's what I'm talking about. We have all sorts of people that are representing God, representing, think, they think they're being holy, but their words are saying the right thing, but their actions are saying, leave, be nice or leave. <laughs> it was Easter Sunday in Sunday school. And the topic of discussion was Easter Sunday and the resurrection of Christ. The teacher asked all the children, so what did Jesus do on this day? Silence. So she gave her students a hint. It starts with the letter R. Still no response. And then it has an E, she said. Like R-E, like re. And all of a sudden, this boy got so excited, he had figured out the answer. And he jumped out of his seat, raised his hand up in the air and said, recycle. (laughs) Sometimes from the lips of children comes the deepest wisdom. And that's what happened there. Because that's exactly what Easter is about. Without all the fancy, religious, repeated statements, traditions, relics. It's not relics. It's recycle. Recycle is exactly what God is about. 
It's exactly what Jesus did when he was on earth. He spent some of his time at a place called Bethany, which means house of pain, house of misery, house of affliction. Jesus hung out with the people that were afflicted. Why? Because he wanted them to be happy. He wanted to separate them from their anxiety and connect them with their happy, with their joy, with their peace, with their hope. That's what Jesus did when he walked the earth. Recycling is the process of turning waste materials into new products, saving energy, resources, and money. God takes our sins, our mistakes, our ugly, our brokenness, our secret hidden things, and when we give those things to him, he recycles them into something valuable. However, if you don't put your trash in the recycle bin, it can't get recycled. It just stays as trash and fills some landfill somewhere instead of being reused into something that's usable. God took people that were miserable and he made them happy. But if we don't give him all these things that we want to be separate from, he can't help us separate from those things. So that's why I want to do the Easter podcast. Instead of putting it out last week, I waited to put it out this week once Easter was over because Easter should never be over. Holy week should be a holy life. And who doesn't want a life where we can be set apart for God and set apart from all of our pains and afflictions, sins, mistakes, etc. Make someone happy. Make just one someone happy and you will be happy too so there you have it i hope that helped remember life isn't perfect but that doesn't mean it can't be recycled see what i did there